Rico. And I'm Jessica. And this is the Always the Critic podcast, where a couple friends review the latest movies, except we literally have zero qualifications to do so. Jessica, how are you doing right now? I'm doing well, thank you. I had a bit of a rough week because we had to put the family dog down on Wednesday. It was oh, yes. That's very tough. emotional, very sad. And we went up to see the dog, you know, before we put him to sleep. And it was this whole thing. Um, but positive, I paid off my car. <laughs> hey, look at that. Hey, Paying yeah, off your car, one less thing for you to be in debt in. Ugh, tell me about it. All exactly. Right. How was your week, by the way? My week, uh, nothing exciting. Just uh, work and, well, actually, you know what? I Kind of something exciting. Wait, it, what did you it's, do? Well, I, for those who don't know, who listen to the show, I have started a YouTube channel. Yes. Uh, it is called Rico Reacts, and this is where I am going to be reacting to things that I'm watching for the first time. So that could be movies, that could be TV shows. So right now I do have an ongoing series for Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, you can see my reviews for that. Also, I have posted uh, Taxi Driver on there. Yes, that was a very interesting episode. Yes. <laughs> I watched and that one. And this, then you also did um, the all of cut. the Snyder Cut, which was... In three different parts. Three different parts. That was a yes. lot. It was and quite a bit. Yes, it was quite a bit. So it's so much fun to see Rico react to certain things. Um, I personally didn't know that he would react in such a way to Taxi Driver in particular. Yeah. Um, yeah, the whole like end of that, like the third act of that movie, you watching it was just like, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, it was something. Uh, and if you're listening to this now, uh, you can actually expect this week two different uh, movie ones. Uh, we're going to do Kong Skull Island. I've never seen it. Shut up. So leading up to Godzilla versus Kong, which is coming out this week in theater. So you'll get two of those this week. Wow. So now enough about my YouTube channel, which you could find a link of in the show notes right now if you are listening. Uh, let's get to the movie review that we're talking about today. Before we do, if this is your first time listening, go ahead and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. We're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Spotify, we're on Google Podcasts, and many more. And if you do like us, give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Five stars goes a long way for us. Come and check us out on social media to stay up to date on our latest episodes and reviews. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and TikTok at Always Critic Pod. Lastly, if you're a fan, please consider becoming a patron. It's a great way for you to get involved and show your support. You can check out the page on patreon.com slash alwayscriticpod. Rico. Yes. Today, we are reviewing nobody. Who is that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who that is. I've never well, seen it before. <laughs> let's uh, find out. So... Uh, the movie itself is a basically a John Wick style action film starring yes. none other than the action star that we all know, Bob Odenkirk. <laughs> uh, yes. Bob Odenkirk, for those who don't know, uh, he is the star of Better Call Saul. He was on Breaking Bad. That's where his character came from first. And if you don't know him from there, then you may know him from the 2019 version of Little Women. Ooh. He is the father <laughs> In Little Women. He Quite is the, the one pull. that's and he's the one that says the title of the movie in the movie. He does, but I can't believe he pulled that out. <laughs> yes. Uh, I oh, remember that Kirk. vividly. Yeah. So uh I think it's fair to say that we do not consider Bob Odenkirk a action star. 
No. I think it's fair to say. Yeah. Now, was I surprised that this actually worked? Yes. yes. I was surprised. Yes, 100%. <laughs> the fact that you kind of buy him in the role is yes. something that I never would have thought. Even watching the trailers, which we saw a million times in I know. theaters. <laughs> um, like, I still had that nagging thought in the back of my head. I don't know if this is actually going to work. I know. But I can't wait to see it and see them try it. Right? It yeah. was like, okay, challenge accepted. I will exactly. go see it. Yeah. <laughs> and it was very enjoyable. So, Jessica, what is Nobody About? IMDb synopsis reads, a bystander who intervenes to help a woman being harassed by a group of men becomes the target of a vengeful drug lord. It is directed by Ilya Nyshuler. Maybe. I believe that's close enough. Okay. He directed Hardcore Henry from 2015, which was that first POV. person. Yeah, first POV person. POV kind of movie. Is like Looked like a video game almost. It did. It was very experimental. I don't think anybody liked it. <laughs> <laughs> it's It was written by um, Derek Kolstad, and he basically wrote all the John Wick movies and the first two episodes of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which you have been reacting to on Rico Reacts. So... This was what threw me is when I was looking through the IMDb for nobody. The producers are all from John Wick. All John Wick producers plus Tobey Maguire. <laughs> Tobey Maguire. Like, yes. not the Tobey Maguire we know. It, yes, it is the Tobey oh Maguire God. we know. <laughs> it's from, you know, Spider-Man. Uh, oh, my Sam God. Sam Raimi movies um, that Tobey Maguire was an executive producer on Nobody. No, yeah. no, 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 no. <laughs> that is funny. That is really funny. Yes. <laughs> so Spider-Man himself. Spider-Man it himself. Produced Bob Odenkirk in an action film. Yeah. Uh, so like we mentioned, uh, Bob Odenkirk is the star of the movie. The other people in the ensemble, we have Yulian Kuznetsov. Yes. Uh, we have Connie Nielsen. We have Christopher Lloyd, a.k.a. Doc Brown. Yes. And we have Riza from the Wu-Tang Clan. So a very not flashy ensemble. Perfectly respectable acting crew. They're all pretty great actors, but they're not, you know, flashy. They're essential nobodies when it comes to action movies. Right. Maybe Connie Nielsen has the most cred because she's Hippolyta in the Wonder Woman universe yes. so and christopher lloyd has been in like adventure movies I yeah but over 30 years ago you know over 30 years ago exactly so interesting lot they are well suited for the movie called nobody <laughs> yes and here was the surprising thing for me and i think for you as well the rotten tomato score I, yes. when i saw it it's a 82% from critics. Yeah. 82%, which is wild to me. And then Hi. on top of that, uh, the audiences love this movie, yeah. giving it a 95%, which is, again, very just crazy. It's surprising. Yes, surprising. For a movie that has, you know, no huge discernible action stars, you don't have your Tom Cruises, you don't have your Dwayne Johnsons. You don't have your Jason Statham's. You don't have your Fast and Furious crew. It's like 
<laughs> it's like yeah. nobody's. Yeah. Yeah. Bob and, Odenkirk is the star. And it you know. worked. Like what, for example, what is it the, the consensus that the critics said about the movie? The critics said nobody doesn't break any new ground for the genre, but this viscerally violent thriller smashes. Ooh, smashes, shatters, and destroys plenty of other things, all while proving Bob Odenkirk has what it takes to be an action star. <laughs> I think that is correct. He it, it shows that he is capable of becoming an action star. And people went out to see it. Uh, box office-wise, $6.8 million domestically, which in pandemic numbers is pretty yeah. good. Uh, it kind of shows of people are getting back into the swing of going back to the movies, uh, a movie like this, I think, on a normal, just normal Friday to Sunday, would make somewhere between fifteen to twenty million. Mm-hmm. I think so. So the fact that it's almost at seven, that's not bad. Um, and of course, it made twelve million worldwide. Uh, we'll see where theaters stand next week with Godzilla uh, versus King Kong. Yeah, that'll be a great barometer for if people where are going theaters back. stand exactly yeah. if they're going back. If they're going back, because right now the litmus test, <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this, but the litmus test is beating the opening weekend of Tom and Jerry from last <laughs> month. Because if you don't remember, <laughs> domestically, Tom and Jerry oh, opened yeah. to $14.5 million. Whoa. And that has been the largest opening since pre-pandemic, pretty much like outside of tenant i think that was the biggest opening <laughs> oh my gosh. so that is the barometer that is the that's yeah. the bar that godzilla versus king kong has to i think it'll do it i think so too to be quite honest with you i'll be I shocked think it'll if do it, it doesn't i'll be yeah, shocked same if it doesn't. same yeah so it doesn't make uh, at least 14 mil direct to domestically i think it <laughs> i think I'm totally gonna do that oh i know <laughs> people um, are raving about that trailer Okay. I know people are going crazy for that trailer. <laughs> uh, back to nobody. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on the actual movie itself? I had a great time watching Nobody. It was a riot. It was propulsive. It was a lot of action, a lot of violence. Bob Odenkirk actually standing toe to toe with like Keanu Reeves as an action star. <laughs> a lot of really detailed um, sequences and action set pieces. A blessedly short movie at just an hour and a half. I that's ideal. You want to be in and out. You don't want a two-hour monster, let alone a four-hour monster like we had last week with Snyder Zach Cut. Snyder. Zack Snyder. So I quite enjoyed it. It was a ride. And I immediately called my dad after and was like, you have to go watch this movie. It is right up your alley. If you like John Wick, if you like this kind of action movie, then you're going to love Nobody. And he asked who was in it. <laughs> and I go, oh, it's, yep, here's it's the guy from Better Call Saul. And he was like, what? Yep. Are exactly. you sure? And I was like, I'm positive. <laughs> I swear, go watch it. It's good. So Exactly. Because yeah. anyone you're saying, look, Bob Odenkirk is not known for action at all. He, like this guy is a comedy guy and he slightly, you know, slight drama on TV depending on how you consider Better Call Saul, there's some dramatic work in there. But for the most part, this is a funny guy. This is Mm -hmm. a guy who is going to make you laugh when he comes on screen with things that he says. So the fact that they were able to use that and kind of break the mold of the action star can be anybody. 
kind of I'm not comparing the two movies, but I'm comparing of how it was done. Like when Bruce Willis was cast as John uh-huh. McClane for Die Hard. Yes, great comparison. You know, it, it kind of symbolized, hey, that every man can be the star of an action, you know, action packed, you know, guns blazing, explosions type of movie. Yeah. So, you know, they're kind of using that same formula of using a guy that you would typically never associate with action and putting him, thrusting yes. him in front of the audience. So Great comparison with Bruce Willis, who now you can't, he's synonymous with action. Right. Back but then the he, time, was he was a nobody in his, of a in his own right. called Moonlighting. Yeah, you know? exactly. He was a so, TV, you know, lighthearted comedy sitcom sort of deal and like. For him to star in Die Hard and right. for it to be so long lasting and change his career. I mean, Bob Odenkirk, I don't know if it's going to change his career necessarily, but, you know, it's the same type of um, casting, you know? Yeah, it's the same type of casting. Yeah. Uh, speaking of casting, I want to give uh, props to the actor who plays the villain. Uh, yes. So the actor's name is Julian Kuznetsov. Uh, He plays Alexi. I'm not going to even try to pronounce the last name. There is a lot going on in that last name. (laughs) So I'll just keep it at Alexi. Alexi as a villain is so all over the place. But what makes him terrifying is the fact that in one moment he could be charming a room. Like he could, like when he, you're introduced to the character, he like comes in and he's like shaking hands and like saying hi, taking shots, just, you know, mingling. Singing randomly, you know, and then at a moment's notice, he like flips a switch when he's questioned and he kills a guy, like just straight up murders a guy right there on the spot. Yeah. And just to show how out of control he can become and be. And, you know, he's he's chaotic in in his nature. Mm -hmm. So I really want to give props because it's that had to be like a really fun role because at moments you're just like dancing and like having fun with people. And the next moment you're like stabbing a guy with a broken glass, you know, like just random stuff like that had to be fun for the character. It's a false sense of security that he sets up and then he, you know, rips you to shreds or um, takes a bottle to your face. Malicious. (laughs) He is vindictive as a character. Yeah. And, yeah, I really enjoyed loose it. Loose wire, loose cannon. Yes. Very unpredictable, and that's the best kind of villain. That is the best kind of villain. Um, Christopher Lloyd as Bro. his father, as Bob Odenkirk's father. Uh, you know, he's in a retirement home. It, it's nice to see him because you don't really get to see uh, Christopher Lloyd in much anymore. I was telling you that he looked really old, and I go, <laughs> he was old in 1985. <laughs> That's true. And we don't know if he's supposed moral. to be 40 or 80. Yeah, we don't. <laughs> it's really hard to tell. Um, you know, so so he's like a comfort, I think, to me yeah. at least. I don't know if it's the same for you, but when I see Christopher Lloyd, I'm like, oh, my God, this is like my grandfather, like my great uncle or something. He's I've grown up with him, watching him in Back to the Future. And so to see him on screen again, it was so nice. I. I can't describe the feeling of like seeing him again. I was like, oh my God, it's Christopher Lloyd. For me, it is that comfort of knowing that, yeah, that's Doc Brown. He's mm-hmm. like, he's fun and energetic and, you know, just a wacky character, kind of <laughs> like a wacky uncle. And 
to see him here at first, you see him like very <laughs> subdued. Yes. And for a moment, Quiet. you're like, you're kind of feeling bad for him. He's like in a, you know, in a nursing home. And, you know, you're kind of feeling bad because this is not the Doc Brown I know, you know? Yes. That's how I He's not that him. charismatic, you know, crazy uncle that we kind of see in the other movies, but he's way more tame <laughs> here. Yes, way more tame. Until, Up until a certain, certain point. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, a couple of other quick characters, uh, Connie Nielsen as the wife figure. Yeah. Um, doesn't get too much to do. I mean, no. she she is a wife. I almost feel like she should have gotten something to do. Yes, I agree. I think there could have been something that could have carved could have been carved out for her. Mm-hmm. But the movie is focused on Bob, of course. So, you know, this is his story. This is his fight, his mission. So I I get why they kind of like kind of sideline Connie for most of the movie. Uh, but it would have been nice if, you know, they gave her some type of role to play in the overall mission mm-hmm. that happens. And then finally, Riza. Riza shows up uh, for those who <laughs> did don't you know recognize Riza, him. Yes. Yes. You did. I, I didn't know Riza. OK, look, so I don't know anything about the Wu-Tang Clan. Like, right. Zero. That's I, I figured. Like if you, you know, that SpongeBob episode where he starts like burning all these different um, filing cabinets in his brain. Yeah. <laughs> so among all the file cabinets in my brain, like there was nothing inside the Wu-Tang Clan. Nothing for the, I oh, got it. Okay. Nothing no, inside I, the file. I get you. So I get you. when I saw him, I was like, okay, uh, sure. Like, I don't, I don't know. He's fine. So it would have been a completely different experience had I known who he was and actually had like, you know, felt like it was an important cameo almost. Right. Felt the significance of it, but I didn't. Right. No, I totally understand because it is. It's one of those things that if you know music and movies, you'll recognize him. Right. Because of the fact that he has been. Uh, a writer he's been a music producer he's done soundtracks for movies and he's also acted as well so it's not like he does just one thing he'll actually do multiple things and also Riza is a big uh, martial arts fan like in terms of not just watching movies or anything but he also like has studied some martial arts as well so yeah, that's how that's how into the world that he is. So, yeah, so that that's Riza in a very small in a nutshell, in a nutshell on the film side. Nothing yes. about his music, just the film side. So, overall, I think again, we were caught a bit by surprise that it worked. This was yes. an experiment that worked. And I was ex- I walked out of the theater with some excitement because like I watched mm-hmm. something that I had a very good time with mm-hmm. that I I would put it as I didn't quite go in with like super high hopes. I kind of went in with let's see if this actually works. Like I went in okay. with trepidation. So like, I went in because I loved the trailer and even though I had seen the trailer a million times, I was like, okay, this is a great trailer. I'm all in. I'm there. I wasn't 100 on Bob Odenkirk, but I was 100 on the concept and the gimmick. And I was like, 
if this trailer's fire, hopefully the movie will be just as great. And it was. It so in that respect, it met my expectations and exceeded them on the Bob Odenkirk side. Right. That was my trepidation was Bob Odenkirk okay. as the star. That was my trepidation. Not because the plot can work with just about any action star in that role. Just about. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a family man who, you know, has like that dark past that you don't know about. You know, like I think Jason Statham kind of like would fit like that mold. Like he's trying. Well, I guess maybe not. Come on, man. No, he, he doesn't look like a family guy. Like no a way. family man. You're, you're never mind. Uh, I take that back. But I never expected Bob Odenkirk to fill the second side of it, which is action star, like menacing could be like yes, a true. He was a proper action star. Yeah. Um, Holding his own was dishing it out. I mean, we can talk more in spoilers, but honestly, like he really drove the movie and gave it a lot of gravitas and like the drama dr- dramatic moments as well. Yeah. So I think he blew us away. Yes, he did. And I think we could go ahead and we could talk about spoilers for the movie. Nobody right after this. The greatest trick. Houston, we have a problem. I am the father. I see dead people. The devil ever pulled. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. Was convincing the world. You can't handle the truth. He didn't exist. Oh, what's in the box? So let's go ahead and let's talk about spoilers for nobody. Let's do it this way. Uh, I'm just going to explain the basic plot beats real quick of the movie, like the mm-hmm. the main things. And then we'll talk about what our favorite stuff was, um, favorite moments and all that. So real quick, the movie, we we see Bob early on. He has a very mundane life. I uh, love how they showed that because instead of having it be really linear and take its time showing his really boring life now at home in the suburbs, I think that they did a great job portraying this because they cut it up and they um quickly had this like choppy montage of his days with the with the cards like you know monday tuesday wednesday flashing up on the screen and it's obviously the same footage over and over again and so you're like okay i get it he has the same day over and over again he has the same problems over and over again he misses the trash He's not very close with his wife anymore. He feels alienated. His job is really boring and it's mundane and it's monotonous over and over again. And they just speed up the montage as they go. So you're like, oh my God, it's getting faster and faster. And then boom, they stop. It's Tuesday or whatever. And now we have some stuff that's going to happen to this family and to Bob Odenkirk. Right. The inciting incident at the beginning is that their house gets broken into by two Mm -hmm. burglars. Uh, He catches him in the act doesn't really do anything to them at that moment. Yes. Uh, until the son kind of intervenes, but then even like that, he still doesn't do anything. Um, and so then there's questioning of him as a man, like, why didn't yes. you take a swing? Like They're the police officer. His, I, I guess I don't manhood know if it's or manhood, it, masculinity, um, the way that he provides for his family and yes. protects his family i think the protection part is really the biggest part of the um you know i don't want to say patriarchy but like that whole 
male figurehead of right. the family. He should be he the should guardian be protecting. of the house. Yes. And uh, he didn't in that really crucial moment. His right. son gets freaking whacked in the face. Son gets whacked in the face. He's questioned by police. Did you even take a swing? The next door neighbor is rubbing it in his face that I wish they would have picked my house. Uh, <laughs> his brother-in-law, who he works with, uh, is basically, hey, here, take this gun because I want to make sure that you, you're keeping my sister safe. Right. You know? you know, so everything is like mounting on him. Like, can you really protect him? You're just like yes. some guy. Uh you're nice and well-mannered, but can you really hold your own? Yeah. You're not strong. You, yes. you know, are weak. You're and weak and all this stuff. That's all being insinuated. And so this is where we move into him. The There was finally something that breaks <laughs> the camel's back. It's the final straw. And it's when his daughter is looking for her little kitty cat bracelet. <laughs> And he immediately walks out the door and basically hunts down the two people that came into his house, finds them, you know, he threatens them, you know, he sees that they have a baby that's sick. So he walks out, you know, mad that he couldn't do anything in that moment because Mm -hmm. he wanted to take vengeance. It felt wrong to take vengeance when what they were trying to do is wrong, but out of necessity, out of necessity. It was like very like we're trying to help our child. Yes. So. He gets his opportunity, though, in the very next moment. He's riding the bus and a group <laughs> of drunk Russian guys get on the bus. And well, they, they crashed their car because well, they're yeah, drinking they and crashed, driving. Yeah, they were drinking They crashed their Hummer into yes. the bus <laughs> and then proceed to get on the bus. Yes. And they surround one girl who is sitting by herself. And this is the opportunity that Bob Odenkirk needs to let out that vengeance that he's seeking for. And he just goes Unleashes. off on these guys. Of course, he takes <laughs> his own beating during that time. He's too. rusty. He's rusty. It's, he, yeah. They get some good licks on him. Yeah. But he's able to just smash all five dudes. Yeah. It, and yeah. But here's the problem. One of those five dudes uh. was the brother <laughs> of this Alexei, who is this Russian mobster who is part of this thing called the Obshak, which is a Russian 401k is the way they explained it. They explained it as like the Russian mafia's retirement plan, retirement almost. fund. And he was one, one person is picked to defend it at any given time. And so there's pallets of cash being stored with Alexi. And so um, his brother gets beaten so badly, he's breathing through a straw, which is hilarious. Like, isn't that a saying? Like, I'm going to beat you so hard, you're going to be breathing through a straw. Breathing through a straw. And they actually show him breathing through an actual straw. (laughs) Because Bob doesn't want to fully kill him. So he assists with putting a straw where he can breathe. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, so now Alexi's mad. Yep. He is trying to find out who did this to his brother. Uh, they figure it out. They figure it out early. Yeah. Like, uh, and <laughs> apparently it's not someone they want to trifle with because when they find out the information of who this it is, is. I love this part. This so is he great. has like a freelance. Um, yeah, like a freelance 
I don't know, code cracker yeah. or something who basically blackmails a CIA operative. Hey, send me info on this guy or I release these photos of you in very compromising positions. So that's they, a good cameo. <laughs> it is a good cameo. Where is he from exactly? I know he's him. from uh, Phil of the Future Phil on the Future. Disney Channel. He was the caveman. I know him. It, the first thing that I thought of was an episode of How I Met Your Mother, oh. where they confused him for the singer Moby <laughs> because he looks exactly like him. <laughs> OK, so we know him from different places, but it's yes. this bald man that if you see him, you're like, oh, my God, it's that guy. That you dude. know him from somewhere. So, so yeah, they get the, the information. Operative. Yeah. They get the information. Almost all of it is like redacted and. All that's left is like the the word nobody. Like that's his moniker, that's his moniker on alias. the CIA documents. Yeah. yeah. So the girl prints out the information, goes to Alexi here. You don't, you don't have, have to, to pay, pay me. me. <laughs> I'm out. And she just tosses the information to him part. and she She's leaves. Like, she was like, I don't want anything to do with this. She packs up her little computer and her little setup in a rolling bag. And yep. fucking dips. Like, dips. it was like, so good. Ow. It was such a character-building moment for Bob Odenkirk's Hutch. His name is Hutch. Yes, Hutch. Because you do, it's like, in these action movies, there's always someone who talks up the action hero at right. some point. Oh, he did two t- tours in Iraq and blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. And, like, right. although we don't get any of these specifics, like, he was here, he did this, he did that, he killed so-and-so, There's he a couple was part of, of this mission. There's a couple pictures that you kind of see. Right. There's only some photos that you can kind of see in those documents and then a bunch of redacted info, and her reaction is what gives you that context where you're like, oh, shit. Like, this girl who's working for the mafia on a freelance basis is like, I don't want anything to do with this. You don't have to pay me. I'm out. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I got you the info. <laughs> yeah. Peace bye. out. So even Alexi is a little bit like, oh, great. I think he said like, fuck me or something. Yeah, because pretty much. It was way worse than he thought. It was way worse than he thought. So he sends his group of people to ambush him at his own home. At his house. Of course, Bob Odenkirk takes care of a lot of them before getting captured, knocked out and captured. Uh, he puts his family in a panic room that they didn't know about. <laughs> yes. And as the trailer says, don't call the police. Yes. Because he just unleashes on these guys before getting great. knocked out from behind with a taser. And, yeah, that but, was funny. Like, that's yeah. a gag because he's going all Rambo on these guys in the dark. And then one just comes in and just tases him. And he's yeah, out. Yeah, just tases him. <laughs> uh, they have him in the back of a car. Doesn't last long. He's able to... Get out of the handcuffs because he like breaks his wrist. I think or he something? breaks it or dislocates it at the very least. Yeah, so he's it was able to get his hand out. Yeah. It. yeah, and there was like the emergency uh, fire extinguisher that he kicks the back seat through so he could spray it, and they get into a car qua- crash, and he escapes. <laughs> yes. So this guy knows what he's doing. Yeah, he really knows what he's doing. Uh, he comes back. He warns his father. Hey, yes, things got a little messier. And so they are coming for his dad at the nursing home. I love Christopher Lloyd's reaction, though, because when he gets the call, he's like, I don't even know what he says, but his face was like happy. Like, yeah, like you saw like 
a the excitement. change of demeanor. Yes. Like he's just sitting there watching TV, just like so bored out of his mind that when you he think gets he's that like call, not really there because yeah. his just just blank. You think on his it's face. like dementia or something? Yeah. Like yeah. Just, no, but he's like he's been waiting for something oh to happen. God, it's basically I know. What it is. You so when tell. they come, these two guys come to ambush him. He has under his blanket on his seat. He has two. He is it two guns or just one? I think it's. Mm, good question. No, but it's one a shotgun. shotgun with it's a double barrel shotgun. It's a du- double barrel shotgun. Shoots the first guy. The other one tries to get a shot off. He shoots him and then holds him down. <laughs> yes. From making noise because the attendant from the nursing home comes to hey turn that down because yeah because he hears the noise. shots which yeah I don't know if you've ever heard a shotgun yeah no but that's, that's loud as loud, hell it would have really more than one person would have come running but of course anyway he he plays it off like he's got the volume too high on the TV yeah exactly <laughs> so he turns it down yeah so now so we're back uh, Bob sends away his family be you know go somewhere safe I'll come back for you yeah Bob then goes. To the Russian mob's nightclub place, and he takes out the money. Yes, the obshack that they are saving that Alexei is supposed to be watching over. He destroys it. He goes full Heath Ledger Joker and just yes. burns the money. He burns the money. Yes, crazy. It's not about the money. It's about sending <laughs> a, a message. message. And so Bob then has the gall to sit inside of the nightclub waiting oh, for Alexi man. to come. He's doing his routine. Yeah, doing He's his routine. He's singing on stage. Yep. The lights come up and Bob Odenkirk is sitting there having dinner in the Enjoying middle the nice of the steak dinner. <laughs> right in front of center stage. Right, exactly. It's so good. Like uh, the balls. I think even Alexei is like, you have balls to be here right now. And the reason why is because he has a bomb ready to trigger if anybody does anything. Very Joker again. Very Joker again. So they have a conversation. Hey, Alexei, I know that you want out of this. I've been Mm -hmm. told that you don't want to keep doing this anymore. So Maybe sitting the money. Right. I'm pretty sure you have enough for yourself. Get out of here. But don't bother my family again. Because so, you came to my house, which was right. a very big distinction that he makes. Is like, yeah. you made this personal because you came to my house, which you know you don't do. Exactly. So he gives him a choice. Leave me alone. Go our separate ways. Or if you do come after me, it's going to be a problem. Yes. So what does Alexi do? Of course, he comes after him. It takes a couple minutes because he exits the building. Yeah. <laughs> he manages like, to get out. But then he's like waiting. Yeah. Like, is he, he going to come out? He's going to come out. And then he comes out and he's like, yes. Like, Bob is it's excited. He's, he's also like, excited. It's like the old man, like Christopher Lloyd. He's just like, oh, it it's, makes him feel alive that he has yes. to do this. And he's being chased and the the fight is on. So Exactly. Oh, so we got so a good car chase with mm-hmm. some, you know, gunplay here. Uh, then it ends up at the warehouse. Now, yeah. before we continue there, uh, earlier on, uh, Bob has like a secret stash of gold, gold yes. bars and everything. So basically he buys out his father-in-law, uh, the business so he can have the warehouse to himself. Yes. 
and he home alone booby traps it. Absolutely. There there's are no bombs other way. different places. Yeah, there's no other way to describe it. It is yeah. a home alone death trap. Uh, there are th- explosions set up in different places. There's uh, wiring that will It looked like a metalworks or something. Yeah, like some the warehouse, type of yeah. Some sort of construction business or something. And so they have a bunch of, you know, large machinery that he's using to his advantage as well. All throughout exactly. the building and the all warehouse. All throughout. So yeah. he basically leads the Russian mob there. Once he's there, he thinks he's outnumbered completely because it's one man against, you know, like 40, I believe. (laughs) And out of nowhere, we see a shotgun being fired from the top window and it's a sniper rifle. Riza, his friend who he's been communicating with through a radio the entire time. We haven't seen his face. We finally see him. And he came. I'm going to save your ass. I told yeah. you I wasn't going to, but I came he, anyway. I think it's uh, his brother or half brother. Yeah, half brother. Apparently or uh, adopted brother or something. But something along basically, family shows up because yes. not only Rizza, but also Christopher Lloyd yes. comes in with his shotgun and the three of them take down the mafia. In, they take them down. In that warehouse. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. It is an amazing sequence. We'll talk about it uh, more in just a little bit. Finally, it wraps up. They take care of the bad guys, including Alexi. Um, Some very, very fun ways that they get rid of a lot of these guys. Uh, At the end, we get our epilogue where Bob is looking for a new home because their home was burned down when uh, everything. He burned it down himself because there was too much evidence. Of everything that happened in that house. So bodies. they were looking for a new house when unexpectedly they receive a phone call. We don't hear the contents of the phone call at all. But immediately the wife is like, does this house have a basement? <laughs> Basically indicating she's in. She yes. is in whatever Bob is about to get into. She is in. And that's pretty much how the movie ends. Uh, we get a little quick scene of Riza and Christopher Lloyd traveling with a bunch of artillery pretty much in the van. <laughs> and they're going yes. somewhere. So I, I think that's kind of setting up a possible sequel. Possible sequel. Absolutely. I yeah. think it's safe to say. Yeah. I think they were kind of hoping like if it doesn't happen. Whatever. It as it's is, a fun but, epilogue. Right. Yeah. Exactly. But if they do continue, this is where it would go. Yes. Uh, so. Let's start with favorite moments. Uh, There's so many. There's so many, I know. But what are some of yours? Maybe I have some that are the same. I didn't think that I would like this because it's in the trailer, but the way that he says, give me the goddamn kitty cat bracelet. Like, I think that's funny. I'm sorry, Sumi. It is funny. It's funny. Um, I also like when he's beating up the guys on the bus. (laughs) Oh man, what an extended well, actually, well it, sequence. It's that whole sequence is amazing and I think I even like the lead up to it better because you see them barreling down the street. You can tell they're drunk driving. And that whole part is slow-mo when they crash and get out of the car and they're just being really obnoxious. You, t- you can tell they're all assholes and they're coming on the bus to cause trouble. And he's doing that voiceover where he's like I think he said something like thank you. Like I can't wait to, you know. When- they say that when 
God doesn't close the door without opening another one. Yes. And it's slow-mo of the guys. Right. And they're like walking and they're getting <laughs> to the door of the bus. And that he, he was saying, please, God, open that door. Yes. And the bus driver opens it and they walk on. And that's when he says, thank you. Yes. Because this is where he's finally going to get his vengeance oh, on someone. So good. And then he's, he's just like, you know, this girl is going to get home safe tonight, kind of promising that this is going to go the way he wants. Exactly. Um, so it's great. I, I love it. It's extremely entertaining. It even has that moment where there's another passenger on the bus and it's like this big dude. Yeah. Looks like a very strong dude reading a book. And yeah. the guy's just like knock the book out of his hand, like middle school style. And then they step on it so he can't pick up the book. And instead of like retaliating for them being dicks, the guy just walks off the bus. Yeah, he's like, I'm not going to do anything. He's like, I'm, I'm not going to. Yeah. So it's nice. It's a nice uh, contrast to Bob Odenkirk's like middle aged nobody who's like right. gonna. He's take the one on. you would expect exactly to just walk off the bus exactly. And yeah. the the fighting <laughs> itself was pretty good throughout. Yeah, um, I think it, it, there was some very interesting like fighting styles, like the fact that he gets thrown out of the bus through the window. Yeah, and then gets back on the bus. And then gets back on the bus. <laughs> yes. That very is very good. Very good. I, I like I, how you see the guys sort of not recovering, but definitely reacting to whatever he just did to them, like knocking out their teeth or, you know, punching them or what have you, knocking them around. They're all like, ugh. Like one guy's like, is it bad? Is it that bad? Like oh, yeah, you actually has, like, get like, yeah. he's missing a bunch of teeth. It's fantastic because it's it's like this nice break in the fight. Yeah. And those guys are not just like they have no lines or just there as like puppets for him to like pound against. But they actually have a, a you know, slight personality and they're having a, a terrible time of it. I mean, they're just like oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. This is not how they imagined their night would go at all. No. The and straw was, I mean. Yeah. That last moment of that yeah fight. i don't know what he does to the guy i think he takes a he part of the bus like a bus handle a metal bus handle that's yeah on and there. he like strikes the guy in the throat in the throat probably breaks something collapses something right and he notices he's struggling that he can't breathe. to breathe right. yeah <laughs> so this is where odenkirk doesn't finish him off no he instead, begrudgingly opens yes. a, a trach essentially in his throat so he can yeah. breathe yeah, he opens it up using a and knife sticks, and sticks, sticks a, a straw. straw right through it <laughs> so he can breathe. Uh, so, yeah, that is that is pro. Well, that's not man. That's a tough one because that scene is great. But also the warehouse like the sequence. warehouse. Yeah, the warehouse sequence. There's so many inventive, uh, mo- you know, different moments there. Like I love when. He rigged like these spikes yes. to shoot out. Yeah. And they just like metal catch, rebar. Yeah. And they just like catch these guys and just send them flying back because the rebar just goes right through them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's insane. I like uh, when Rizzo shoots three guys at once. Oh, yeah. With the sniper rifle. With the sniper rifle. <laughs> yeah. He just catches all three of them because they're all like in a row. Yeah. Um, I do like 
seeing Christopher Lloyd just like Bro. handling that shotgun so well <laughs> and being able to catch yes. guys like it's just- fun and he's obviously having fun as well that character is just having a blast you kind of feel like and he says it too he's like this you know I was missing this I love this shit and um you know I do too <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It, it was very fun, inventive stuff. Uh, there's a moment in the trailer, and we see it in the movie, where the camera follows a gun flip. Yes. Like, the gun is, like, flipping, and the guy, uh, Riza catches it in his hand. Yeah. And I found it so inventive of the way, like, it just follows the motion of the actual flipping of the gun. Uh-huh. So the gun doesn't look like it's flipping, but everything around it is. Yeah. I found that as an inventive shot. Um, I quite like the gags as well. Like they had that running gag of Bob Odenkirk talking to a dead man. Oh yeah, like, like he would I love start that. telling a story. Yeah, like and- a lot of um, exposition. Like he gives an exposition dump and Pretty doesn't much. really finish the, whatever it is, the, whatever the story is, because the person he's talking to dies, dies. in the middle of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I loved it. The That's Black Russian one. was like the first one. Yeah, and he like starts talking about He starts talking about his past and what he did. I was an auditor and I was the last person you wanted to see and like they cut to the guy and he's just he's dead already. Dead. He's dead. <laughs> yeah, I know. And then they do it again at the house yep. where there's only one bad guy that's like wheezing. He's almost dying. Almost dead. And he does another exposition dump. in his basement and again he doesn't get to really finish the whole thing because the guy dies (laughs) and i love that yeah he's telling you like he's telling the guy like oh um uh bone heats to ash in this temperature and this basement is designed to heat up twice as that twice as much as that so there'll be nothing left and you look it's like the cut is so perfect because you it cut really two is. and it's dead Just <laughs> like dead. no more breathing yeah so and then bob odenkirk's reaction it's perfect it is the annoyance because he's annoyed yeah like he's just like I'm, I'm here come on i'm like yeah. telling a story here yeah <laughs> uh were there any other good moments before we move into maybe moments that you didn't care for too much Huh. Uh, the the shootout um, in the house isn't bad. Um, the shootout in the house is isn't bad. Um, it's a little dark, so it's kind of hard to see like everything going on it, because there's yeah, moments. I thought it was okay though. It's I, okay. You know, like, it there's just enough lighting, so it's 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 not a bad scene. It's just it doesn't really compare too well with the other ones we mentioned. The moment of Hutch eating dinner in that club owned mm, by Alexei yes. is just. Chef's kiss. So good. So, so good. good. So good. I, I, I very much enjoyed that. Me too. Because it's a surprise. You don't expect him to just be sitting there like enjoying the meal. I know. After like he just eating with gusto. The food. Yes. Uh, I'm sorry. After he torched the money. Yeah. yeah. You don't expect that. So yeah. that was a good one. To be uh, in the lion's den. <laughs> yes. Uh, any moments that either took you out or wish you would have seen? Uh I think we mentioned that it, it would have been nice to see Connie Nielsen. Yes, like, Connie Nielsen. Something has else. something to do. She did absolutely nothing. She was basically, I don't want to say damsel in distress, but she was just very clueless. Didn't know what was, what her husband did like before. Right, it's just like a surprising, like 
what's going on? You yeah. gotta tell me. Like, yeah. Type so of- it was a little bit annoying, even though you can tell, like, Connie Nielsen is a very strong, like, person. Yeah. Like, her presence on, her stre- presence on screen is a strong and stuff. presence. Yeah. So it felt like she could have maybe done something, especially maybe in that last scene, instead of being like, does your house, ha- does this house have a basement? Just be like, say something else that's more like, okay, I'm in. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually going to be alongside you and, and fight this off, whatever it is. Um, I hated the dancing from Alexi. Uh. <laughs> the dancing and the whole scene of his introdu- introduction where he, they actually follow him into the club. It might have been a yeah, long it's a take. One, yeah, it's a long take. And they follow him up on stage and there's this girl singing in Russian or some sort of other language and then he joins her and i'm fully expecting him to like kill her or slash her or do something but he doesn't he's just basking in the glory of being on stage and entertaining the people in the club and so i was like i don't i'm confused it's supposed to be a villain and yeah he's high and yeah there's a bunch of bodyguards and yeah, he just like crossed the street and was jaywalking very dangerously and did yeah. not care for his life. <laughs> but um, it just felt very disjointed and like I was waiting for the other shoe to drop. And it does drop later when he's talking to all the other mafiosos and they're talking about their money. They're like, what's up with all this song and dance? Like you are protecting our money. That doesn't bode. That doesn't give us any confidence in you. Right. And, and then, then he, he basically, you know, slaughters he- that rando. Right, he proves them like, hey, I can take care of the money. Which is, it's not subtle, but like the song and dance was really just un- unnecessary and very confusing tonally. Yeah. Um, I guess it's supposed to establish that he is like that loose cannon. Like it I looks know. like he could be having fun at one moment and then the next moment he's. I like the. Going crazy. Like, I like the result of it. But I yeah. don't like the execution of it. Got it. You know? So that was annoying. Fair um enough. I think we should have had more Rizza. Like he's just this like yeah. voice on the radio and you almost don't realize at first that he's talking to a real person versus it just being like a radio station or something. Yeah. Because you hear this jazz music and you're like, oh, okay, he's listening to the radio. And then they start talking and you're like, oh, uh, there's another person on the other side of this. It would have been nice to have a hint of who that was going to be mm-hmm. instead of just showing up. Like, um, I think uh, an interesting way maybe they could have done this is like when they're having their conversation and he's talking to the radio, you kind of get like a on the other side, like a silhouette mm, of someone yeah. like either on a phone or through a microphone talking to him. Mm-hmm. So you get like a silhouette type of thing. So, mm-hmm. you know, to. To lead the audience a little bit more like, hey, there's someone else on the other side and, you know, they could come into play later type of thing. I like the hints of this dark world that he comes from. Yeah. Like the brother, um, which is Riza, he's like, you got to go see the barber, go see the barber and he'll tell you like, what's up? And you're like, the barber? Like what? So he goes to a literal barber. And it's not the barber that he talks to. It's the person that's sitting in the barber's chair. Yeah. So. Has like all these connections. Of like, has all these connections. Already had the file on Alexi. Was, Alexi. Yeah. Yeah. Already had it. 
Yeah. So it was interesting. It just gives you a hint of what this John Wick-esque world is like. Another hint was when he is searching for the two burglars, he's going off of a tattoo. So when he goes to the final tattoo shop, he like waves this this wad of money to these guys who are confronting him. And you can see on his wrist, there's like a tattoo of like two playing cards. Yeah. And immediately the one like veteran dude who's sitting there like scoffing all this time, immediately was like, thank you for your service. Walks out of the place, locks it from the outside. The outside. <laughs> from the outside. From the outside locks it and then closes the like the people, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So completely shuts it in. And that basically tells everybody else in the tattoo shop. So what is it that you're looking for? Yes. <laughs> yes. They're nice to him. And they're actually cooperative with after that. Because the one dude freaking locked them in there with this crazy assassin. They don't know who he is. Yeah. So, and if you can spook a guy like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not a man. The to fact that he with. locked it from the outside was just brutal. It's still oh, hilarious to me. I know. Locked it from the outside. Uh, would you be excited? Uh, I know we mentioned that they were possibly setting up for a sequel. Would you be excited about seeing a sequel that maybe expands the world a little bit? A little bit. I'm not a sequels person. I really I like this standalone movie. I like it as is. But if you're going to bring Bob Odenkirk back, I kind of want it to be like, you know, Connie Nielsen gets some airtime and Keanu Reeves has a cameo. <laughs> they live in the same world. It's the same world, I swear. I know it is. Um, no, there's no hint of the, it being it the same world. Um, especially because they had an opportunity to do that. There was... Um, gold bars. He had like a stash yeah. of gold bars and it could have been like the gold coins or something from John Wick, but um, they don't go that route at all. They don't connect them in any way. But I think that having like the tattoo come into play. Yes. And what was the other one? There was something else. Uh, but it, it came into play. Like, obviously he can't be alone. That can't be a one person thing. Having that tattoo. A government assassin. Right. For the three three letter agencies. For the three letter agencies. There's gotta be more of him than than I him. Know. There gotta be more than him. So maybe opening a world where we are introduced to who these people are, I you know, know, something like that. I yeah. think that would be interesting if they're gonna go the sequel route. I mm-hmm. don't want it to be another like Oh, Alexei was killed and, oh, surprise, he has an uncle that's another Russian mobster. No, no. You know, something like that. I wouldn't want that. I would want more of maybe there is another group that's after him, but it opens up the world of these auditors. You know, maybe that's what they're all called. They're all auditors. Yeah. And he's nobody, and then somebody else is a different name, and like there's different codes for these type of people, mm-hmm. like that nobody and somebody, and like nobody, somebody, anybody, anybody. Yeah, so like that would be pretty. Yeah, are we writing this movie? Are we, we are <laughs> seriously. Or if if anybody were to hear this and like they like, and we see this in the movie, <laughs> we're gonna know where it comes from. Yes, and we're gonna want royalties. Yes, but uh, besides that, though. Anything else on the movie Nobody? I like the car. 
that he mm, steals yes. from the neighbor because yes. that was another like sticking point for the masculinity thing where he was just like, and eh, my dad passed and this was, the, this was the only good thing that he left me and it's a 1970 whatever. Um, uh, I don't even know what kind of car it was. I think it was, it was like, a Challenger. A Challenger and it's zero to 60 and I'm going to find the fuck out right now. And <laughs> then, then he repeats that line and he breaks into the car and steals it and it's just like such a like nice callback and it's like just feels good like even though he's stealing from his next door neighbor who like did pretty much nothing wrong but except for make, like make him feel emasculated but yeah. but you're rooting for bob so anything yeah. anyone who slighted him in any way yeah you're just wanting him to get over on that person and then I like the cat at the end, which was another nice callback, which yeah. after the home invasion, he's having this really sweet conversation with his youngest daughter. And she's like, I think we need a kitty cat. I want a kitty cat. And he's like, I think you're right. And then by the end, he finds the kitty cat that was in the pipes or whatever in the in the warehouse, because that was another thing. Uh, one last thing. Uh, another way you know that this guy is a big deal is that he is sitting in that interrogation room and these two cops are like, who are, who are you? you? And, and you know, they're like scoffing because he's like, I'm a nobody. You know? Yeah. And they both get phone calls at the same time. And their whole facade of like, yeah, we're cool cops, just right. drops. And their faces like turn like pale pretty much because they know, well, at least they are told who they're messing with and who they have under arrest. Or to just let him go, no questions Or just asked. to let him go, exactly. So, yeah, so that's another glimpse of, like, how big of a deal this guy is. Mm-hmm. So if they're going to do a sequel, I would love them to explore that. You know, that yeah. would be cool. So I think that is going to be all for the movie Nobody, the surprise yes. action movie. Of we the both first, really liked, yeah, really that we liked. both really liked. The first quarter of 2021 has given us a surprise action star in Bob Odenkirk. <laughs> so that yes. that's exciting. That's exciting stuff. Uh, now, if this is your first time listening, thank you so much for joining us on this episode. If you really enjoyed listening to it, go ahead and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. We're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and many more. And if you do like us. Go ahead and give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Five stars goes a long way for us. Please tell us, did you watch Nobody? Would you like to watch Nobody? Do you want to watch it with us at some point? Did you listen to this episode and think we were totally wrong? Tell us on social media. We are all over the place. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, at AlwaysCriticPod. And if you love us and you've left us a five-star review, the next step is to support us on Patreon. Become a patron. It's a great way for you to get involved and to show your support. You can check out the page on patreon.com slash AlwaysCriticPod. As little as three bucks, as little as three dollars that you can join for Patreon. You get our back catalog of our first 50 episodes. Uh, You'll also be able to... uh, I'm going to have to cut this out, whatever (laughs) I'm about to say next, because I can't remember what the next thing was. Um, I'm just going to leave it. Do you want me to tell you? Yeah. So that way I can like actually say it because I just forgot it. (laughs) (laughs) I typed in patreon.com slash always (laughs) great. Hold on. Perfect. Okay. Oh my God. I forgot that I named these. So cute. Yes. So 
The first one is... You um, can say we have the Jumanji level, Jurassic level, and Fedora level. It's as little as $2. $2. I changed it. Yeah. Um, Personal shout out on the podcast. Access to exclusive audio content. Back catalog. And then for $5 a month, you get a personal shout out. I'm just going to stick with the $2 one. Like just to get people like... You know. Say that it's the Jumanji level because I yes. love what I named it. I yes, totally forgot. I yeah, <laughs> And I'll probably mention that also soon enough you'll start seeing Rico React stuff on there too. Yes. Okay. So let me start that over. Three, two, one. Oh, hold on. Let me write that timestamp so I know when to get to Cut it. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Three, two, one. Yes, consider becoming a patron, and for as little as $2, you could join the Jumanji level at our <laughs> Patreon. Uh, there you can go ahead and you can get our back catalog of our first 50 episodes. You'll get a personal shout-out on the podcast from us uh, and many more things on yes, that level. Yes, like exclusive audio and commentaries, blind spot movie reviews, movie recommendations, and soon... Rico React stuff. Yes, I'll be putting new things of my personal channel on there as well. So that'll be very exciting. So consider becoming a patron. And with all of that, that has been our episode. I'm Rico. And I'm Jessica. And this has been the Always the Critic Podcast. (laughs)